Good morning. How you doing? Yeah, good. Uh, um, the topic I've been given this morning is about growth, really. So I'd like you to stand up if you're still growing. Well done. You've got it, some of you. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. You're so... They're so holy. Sit down. Uh, but I am going to talk about, that's what we're talking about here, of course, growing as disciples of Jesus, right? But let's go back a bit, um, because let's talk about actual growing. So physically, hang on, stand up if you're still growing taller. Stand up if you're still growing taller. Ethan, sit down. You're not allowed to grow any taller. You're too tall already. You already look down on me badly, okay? Okay, sit down. Stand up if you're growing small, shorter. Yeah. There are some of you sitting down who haven't yet admitted the fact. Sit down, thank you. <laughs> who haven't yet come to terms with your age. This is what happens, okay? Uh, this is why I really worry about there's some scientific developments about extending life. And uh, I'm really worried if it, life gets extended to like sort of 150, then people end up like this, <laughs> walking around. Do you know, the only part of your body that keeps growing, as two bits actually, sorry, ears and nose apparently. Look at the people next to you and see how big their ears are. And recognize, recognize that in 10 years' time, their ears will be bigger, but their head will be the same size. If you're born with big ears, you're in trouble. Strangely, the bigger your ears get, the less well they work. <laughs> God has got a sense of humor about the whole thing. Uh, okay, um, I have going to have to push some buttons here. Um, I thought we'd start off. This is not, don't worry. Hello. We had trouble before with this, didn't we, Pete? What was it? LDAP, wasn't it? Pete? DVI. There you go. Why did that not work? Here you go. Uh, magic will start. Uh, I thought we'd start off uh, with a bit of like real world stuff. So initially, if you're in primary school, a key stage one or key stage two, on screen there'll be a sort of help thing. I love this picture, but it's a good picture. What things do plants need to grow? I'll have any answer, but only initially from people who are in primary, key stage one and key stage. I'm told you do this in year two, I'm told. What things do plants need to grow? They're mostly over here. Excuse me, everybody. Anyone know what do plants need to grow? Do you know anything? One thing? Sun. Say, well done. Well done. Sunshine, they need light. Anything else they need? Okay, anybody in, anyone in, uh, still in school? Or Toby? Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Toby, we're always learners, aren't we? We always keep learning, don't we? Yeah, okay. One, one other thing? Oxygen, okay. Air or oxygen, yeah. Oxygen's quite a scientific thing. Air, they need air, yes, right? What else do they need? Water, yeah. Where's, in the picture, where's the water come from? Very good. They also need something else. Soil or nutrients from the soil. This is a more like sort of um, uh, school, key stage two picture for it. And it includes space to grow, which is quite interesting, actually. Quite interesting, I think that. Jesus once told a story about plants growing. Uh, anyone know what the story is called? 
about plants growing, seeds growing? Power of the sower. Anyone know where it is? Let's go for any gospel. Uh, Matthew uh, chapter? Best, best about, I think. Oh, Luke 8. And my phone has now gone into lockdown. Excuse me. Here's the story. I'll read it. won't take a look wrong. Jesus said, by the way, Jesus told this story before this. It's sometimes interesting in the scripture to look at context. It's not always that it's sequential, all right? But before this story, Jesus has been walking around preaching the gospel, telling people the good news. And this comes out, I think, to some extent of that experience of talking to people and telling the good news. And some of them went, whoa, and some went, there. And so Jesus says this, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he's scattering the seed, some fell along the path. He was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked it. Still other seed fell on good soil and came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Those are, and Jesus explains this parable a bit later. And, and, and the, in the parable, it's clear that the seed that the farmer sows is a picture of God's word, of the good news of Jesus, of the invitation to have your hearts exchanged for new hearts. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And that is, when, the, when, when in those days farmers sowed, they like scattered it fairly generously, fairly liberally, almost carelessly. And in one sense, I think God offers me the offer of life almost carelessly. It's a fantastic thing. It's the most precious thing ever. But it's almost like, whoa. <laughs> and Jesus says that sometimes the enemy comes. The birds sort of represent Satan coming and stealing it. It's not like sown into a a place where it's easy to grow, sometimes it's quite hard. And we pray, I pray this morning, let me pray it now. Father, I pray that any seed of truth you want to sow into our hearts, that the enemy will have no place to take that away. We bind any attempt of the enemy to distract, to distort, to pull away, to confuse. Bind your spirits. Go to the foot of the cross and we release truth and life in Jesus' name. And the people say, this may not be a complicated message, but it might be an important one for you. And, 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 and then some of it lands on, on rocky ground. There's no nutrients. It can't get nutrients. It can't get the stuff it needs. And some lands amongst thorns. And amongst the thorns, it's choked because it can't see the sun and the rains. You know, the water is soaked up by the plants around it. Um, I have to say that I always find this parable a bit threatening because I, whenever I sow seeds, they always work. Well, I don't get birds very much because I look after them, but they never grow properly. But in the right soil, the world, the seed brings the right fruit. It's almost straightforward. All right? And this morning is really about what do we got to do as a, what do you guys call, what we call this place? Do you call it church? What does church mean? Family. Family. It means those disciples, of, those followers of Jesus who work to live together and work together, okay? Yep. It's not a building. It's not an organization. It's not a set of bishops and clergy. Nothing to do with that. It's to do with following Jesus. Amen? This church wants to be a place. It doesn't want to be where enemies getting in and stealing stuff. Agreed? We don't want to be a hard place. 
We don't want to be a place where the stuff of the world crushes in. Laurie spoke honestly a minute ago about the difficulty of making decisions. Do you pull limitless? Um, not limitless, don't pull that. Good grief. Not again, Lord. No, no. Uh, two years. Uh, do you pull, what's that thing called? That's the why. And, it, uh, and are we doing this out of a right motive? Out of understanding Holy Spirit? Or because we're worried about losing money? Do you get? It's not always easy to not be crushed by the fears of the world. There are people at the moment who are really finding the cost of living hard. They're finding health hard. And sometimes you get sucked into worrying about those things. And that can steal the life of the gospel. But we want to be good soil. We want to be a church that's good soil. We want to be a place where that's happening. So what are those things? What's coming next? Here we go. These are the verses. Laurie was worried. My first slide had Luke 8, done that, and three chapters from Hebrews. I chose the verses from Hebrews because I've been reading Hebrews because we've been studying it, Hebrews 11. But you can get these things almost anywhere. This is something about, I think, something that we do as a church to encourage each other to grow, to provide good soil. I don't know if anyone sees the important word here that we do as a church and need to do as a church to encourage people to grow. If you can't read it, I'll read it for you. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, the writer writes in Hebrews, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. What's the key word? Say it louder, please. Again. One thing that we have to do so that we grow as Christians, and you did so well early on when I said who's growing, you all stood up because you knew it's a sermon, so it has to be about Jesus, right? One thing that we've got to do to grow as Christians is to be together in worship. Can you worship by yourself? You see, it's one of those questions where it's not, not a lorry question where it's like yes and no. It's, well... Maybe. Of course you can. Is it ideal? No. There's something about being in God's people. The encouragement you get from others just makes it different. If you're stuck on a desert island by yourself, sign a BBC contract quickly, but you'll have to worship by yourself, right? You'll have to be, if there's only you there, it's okay. God's there. And sometimes when I'm by myself, the only place really at the moment I get alone by myself is in the toilet, so don't think about this too visually. But sometimes when I'm by myself, I can just worship God. And when I sing to myself, no one, no one moves away. Hides their ears. But that's, it's, it needs to be a corporate thing, agreed? To encourage people. So who's been at New Wine? Was it good? How many people were there in the worship? Thousands. And that actually has an atmosphere, doesn't it? Who's going to Limitless? I know some of you are, because I'm, dr- I'm not driving anymore. There'll be 4,000 4, young people there. It'll be different, right? Because it's a corporate thing, because we're growing together. Worship. The first thing we need to do as a group to make good soil is worship. There you go, picture of worship. I think actually I soul survivor, but who cares? Second thing is this verse. What's the second key word? And if you know the rotor, if you know Laurie's like preaching rotor, it's easy. What's the key word here? Word. Word. Say. So the first thing is work. Say worship. Second thing is word. Okay. Bible. The truth of God. Okay. 
the before before we were here, Laurie was telling a story about somebody when we were praying, and and if you just just come to bouncy worship, particularly four thousand people in a temple in a marquee, not a temple, in a marquee or whatever, like New Wine or or Soul Survivor was or Limitless. If that's all you do and you never embed in the Word, it's really frizzy, right? You need the Word of God, the truth of God. You need the Bible. Read it. Say after me. Yes, Chris. Read it. It doesn't do you any good stuck on your shelf or on your phone unless you read it. Reading's an important skill, I've discovered. Right? Because it, it does. Look what it says. It's a, a sword penetrates the dividing soul right inside us. God uses his word to encourage, to convict, to build us, to make sure we're online. Read it. We need, first word is? Second word is? We, to make a place where people can grow, to be good soil, we need worship and we need word. Right? But the third thing sort of comes from also from Hebrews. And this verse, I don't know a better verse for this in the whole of the New Testament. James might correct me. I can't think of anything more precise than this. This is not really a thing like worship or word. It doesn't begin with W. Say, boo. It's not a good talk because there's two W's and a C. <laughs> Never mind, I can't spell. What, what's this about? What's it say here? Can you get anyone to go what? Take a minute, take 30 seconds, next person next to you. What's a single word that catches what this is about? Single word. Shout them out. Parish together. I heard church. The one that Laurie chose, I've stuck with what Laurie said because he said community. (laughs) Who said community? Hey, <laughs> give a round of applause. John, take over. Okay, so the, fir- the first thing is, the second thing is, and the third thing is, community. We have to be together. I don't really mind what word you use, but I do get the fact that these three aspects, these three elements, provide for us the sort of soil where we can encourage each other to grow. Encourage each other to grow up into maturity. I'm going to, this probably won't work. Um, Maybe, anyway, here we go. I'm going to misquote scripture on purpose. All right? If you have a phone and you want to cheat, it's in Ephesians 4. And verse 13, he's been talking about us with the gifts of God, the preparation of God's people. But this is this, until we all reach maturity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. That's a misquote, but it sounds right. When I looked it up online, that's what I typed in to look up. Which word's wrong in that? So, until we all reach maturity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Anyone know? See, it sounds right, doesn't it? Isn't that what you guys are growing up into physically? Maturity? Which means like, you know, being 18 and having a driving license. I haven't got a driving license. (laughs) And paying taxes and all that stuff. Having to sort the drains out when they block. But that's what Paul says. At least, I don't think it is what he says. English translations all say, anyone correct me or not? Until we all reach 
Unity. The weird thing is, and Paul's talking about growing into, grow, he's talking about growing to maturity, but he talks about, he's, the words he says is, we've got to grow into unity. And I thought that was really significant this morning for us. You see, you can worship by yourself. You can read the Bible by yourself. The Holy Spirit is with you, absolutely, if you don't know Jesus. But the community aspect of doing it together has a real power that's not just the same as the sort of buzz I get at the Spurs Stadium when there's 60,000 people cheering. There's something about numbers that make it work. But there's something deeply spiritual about the way God's made the world that doing it together is what builds unity and therefore us into maturity. Let me read the rest of that verse properly now. And I'm going to land on this. Laurie, I don't know where we're going next, but is that okay? Ephesians uh, 4.13. Going to build us up until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature. It's about maturity. And become mature, attaining the whole measure of the holy fullness of Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, bless, bless you and thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, that each one of us has had that seed of the word implanted in us. Bless you and thank you for that, that our hearts have been exchanged from broken hearts to new hearts, that you've made us alive in your spirit through Jesus. Lord, we want to grow. We want to grow in unity. We want to grow into maturity. We want to encourage each other. We want to encourage each other as we come to this place, Sunday by Sunday, where we do stuff in midweek together. And this community, may there be a community that's marked by worship, true worship of you, Jesus, true worship of you, Father, and by truth and actually in your word, but one where we can grow in unity until we reach maturity, like those seeds, and then the fruit will come, Jesus. Bless your name.